I'm Arie Schwartz, along with my co-host for today, Pat Ralph. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show, each week giving different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. My heart's still racing because anytime the Lynx and the Sparks face off, you know it's going to be a great night in the WNBA, and they did not let us down tonight. Lynx Sparks final. 8372. There were some questionable calls. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush on that. Uh one of the referees, I think, should have hung his head and kicked himself out versus Cheryl Reeve, as I tweeted earlier. Um, bad calls all around, but let's not focus on that. What I do want to talk about, Pat, we were chatting about this before we started recording. You said before the game, Lynx win. I said before the game, and I normally between these two in the battle lean links. I tonight said Sparks are gonna win. Pat, tell me why you thought they were going to win. Well, Arya, the reason I thought the Lynx were going to win tonight is because, all right, so both teams are coming off losses. Um, I can't think of the last time that we've had a Sparks-Lynx game where both teams are coming off defeats, um, and both at home. So both are looking to get wins tonight um, on a huge game, national TV. Obviously, everyone is tuning in to watch. It's the big story in the WNBA tonight. Um, but I think I thought the Lynx would win tonight because I just could not see this team. You know this team better than I do, but – I couldn't see this team losing twice in a row at home, two consecutive games at home. I just couldn't see it. And yes, I can't see the Sparks losing two games in a row either, but I just can't see the Lynx at home um, losing twice in a row after having a flat game against Indiana the other night and then turning around and losing again to Los Angeles. I couldn't see that happening. I also couldn't see it happening either because let's think about it. This is their third meeting this year. They've already lost twice to L.A. They lost at home at the buzzer on opening day, as we know. And then they went to L.A. when the Lynx were not playing well this season, and they lost by double digits. So this is a team that was hungry. They were motivated and determined to come out here and show, hey, you've beaten us twice, but we're going to get back into this and show you that you're not going to roll us over this time. So I think it was a mix of they had lost at home. They're not going to lose twice in a row on their home floor. That's a team that plays well in their own building. And they want to prove something to the Sparks that, you're not gonna. We're not just gonna hand you the season series that we're gonna show that we're gonna give you guys a fight. Yeah, and it, and they are playing four times, so there's gonna be another game. So we're gonna get another battle of this. And for me, the the reason I picked them to lose was as much as the Lynx have gotten better throughout the season, it has been a slow progression. And the, that that seven game win streak, almost tying the eight game win streak, the longest of the season so far uh, by the Mercury, the Lynx. Even when they looked their greatest of the season, they didn't look like standard links to me. And I'm maybe I'm being, you know, a negative a negative Neil, but what I will say is the links have always found ways, and I'm gonna put blame where I believe blame is, should be put, not to be disrespectful, but on Lindsay Whalen. And Lindsay Whalen stepped up a lot today. She looked bad at points, but five for five from the free throw line on that questionable three point free throw or the three point three point foul. We're not gonna get into that. But then she goes two for three on field goals and one for one with a big three-pointer. Lindsay has not been playing up to Lindsay level. She's been a player that can come off, you know, early and then come back in when it's really important and really set the tone in various different ways. So that's where I wanted to see the Lynx really step up. Like Maya Moore, she had that stretch, but tonight just didn't have it. Let's talk about Brunson and Fowles. Both of them were lights out today. Brunson obviously sets the rebound record, but not to go underrated. The Sparks were missing their best player off the bench, Raquana Williams. Uh, personal reasons did not play. To me, that was much bigger than was getting attention. Pat, I want to talk about this, though. Sure. Something that 
is just wild to think about that you brought up. So props to you on this. We might be seeing a Lynx Sparks one and done loser go home wrestling style matchup in these <laughs> WNBA playoffs. How mind blowing is that? Would it's, you have ever thought of that? No, I don't think anyone would have. And you heard it a little bit tonight on the broadcast, but right now, if you look at the standings and correct me if I'm wrong, is we've got right now the Sparks are fourth right now, or it's fourth and fifth, or excuse me, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, yeah. Right, it's fourth and fifth. So right now, the season heading into tonight's action, the Sparks were third and the Lynx were sixth. Now, if you get now you've seen the Lynx have moved up a spot, the Sparks have fallen back a spot. So now we have fourth and fifth. So if if both if you're say if the Lynx win their opening round game, which I would assume they will, because they would get either Dallas or Atlanta in that game, which they should win with no problem, they would then go to Los Angeles for a one game playoff. How crazy is that? It's a reality, and we have to acknowledge that we can't just be like, oh no, like both of them are going to be fine. They're going to move up and get the spots that they assumed that they would have the first and second seed, but. As we've talked about before on this podcast, as Rachel's alluded to when she's been on here and our guests on here have talked about before as well, you know, the league is not any more um, just links and sparks. It's not a foregone conclusion that these are the two best teams in the league and that they are going to meet in the finals. We may get to August and September and we may sit here and be like, well, at the end of the day, they're both playing in the finals and it's no different from what we had talked about um, when the season tipped off. But right now with the way Seattle's playing, with the way Phoenix is playing, those teams are not getting off the gas pedal. Washington is playing better. I know that I think of Washington as a tier below those four, but they are playing better, and Connecticut cannot be forgotten about. So, man, Lynx sparks a one-game playoff would be outstanding, but it's a real possibility right now. And if you're a WNBA fan... It would, or, just, it would just be epic. It would just be incredible. It would be incredible, yeah. And 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 obviously, we'd all like to see it. Um, like We would all like to see a game of a series of five against them. But heck, I think this might even push the league to adapt the playoff system that I've said, which is first round's one and done, then we move into a series for the rest. Pat, talk to me about your New York Liberty, man. What's going on? <laughs> my New York Liberty. Uh, my New York. Uh, Liberty. You, you know, you. I'm. I'm in D.C., so it's my Washington, and it's New, your oh, New fa- York Liberty, man. Fine, fair, fair. Well, I don't know if the Liberty would want to associate with me with the things I had to write today for the website. It's um, not your fault, man. You, 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 you do your best to to spin it positive, but but it ain't all roses and peaches. <laughs> well, anyway, though, yes. So tonight. The Liberty um, going up against Washington in D.C., in your neck of the woods tonight. And, uh, yeah, Washington, it was a close game after the first half. Um, Liberty were hanging around. But then the second half, just Washington gradually just pulled away. The fourth quarter was just a wash. Elena Deladon herself outscored the Liberty in the fourth quarter. She had nine points, Liberty had eight. Um, So the Mystics' final score was 86 to 67. Um, just, you know, a really good all around night from the Mystics. As I said, Elena Deladon, she finished with 21 points. She was just playing, she's playing so well. And I know we're saying, we're recording this podcast on a night when the all-star votes came out for the first round, the first returns of fan votes and her and Maya Moore are one and two. And just Elena's playing so well. And it's, she's such a, you know, I'm not, I don't have a particular fandom, obviously of team or anything. I don't have, but like watching, she is such a a fun player to watch. And um, just, you can see Washington is beginning to click. And I was kind of down on Washington coming into the year because I just thought that I wasn't thrilled with the roster. I felt the loss of Emma Miesemann to staying over in Europe was really going to hurt this team. But 
others are stepping up. Natasha Cloud tonight had a double-double, you know, 10 points, 10 assists. I believe it was the first of her career. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Christy Tolliver played well. She had three. I'm, three ju- I'm just gonna, I'm just going to say I don't know if it's the first of her career, and I'm not going to spend time looking that up. But I will say is earlier this week she appeared on the WNBA Insider podcast and now has a great game. Coincidence? Right. You tell me. Uh, continue, Pat. Yes. So I was I was thinking the exact same thing. You took the words right out of my mouth, as the old saying goes. So, but you just think about it. You know, Washington is clicking. Things they just seem to have this chemistry. Everybody's on the same page, um, and and let me just talk Liberty real quick. And I just want to get, and then after that, I want to get your thoughts on Washington, Ari. But let me just hit the Liberty real quick, since that's the team I kind of cover and know in and out the most. Um, the Liberty are the complete opposite. You know, there's the chemistry is just not there. Um, it's not consistent. This is what I wrote about today. This is what you know. You and me are interacting with fans on Twitter, and they're tweeting at us and saying the same stuff. There's no consistency. Um, some one player, you know, they have a log jam of depth, but there's no consistency as to who's getting the minutes and who's going to play and who fits with the style of play. Um, and you know, Tina Charles gave him another great game tonight, 26 points, 12 rebounds on 50% shooting. Um, you know, they waste a, a, a great performance and they get nothing. Otherwise they get 11 points from epiphany Prince, but she goes three of 11 from the field and all three shots she made were three pointers. So you know, it's just they're not getting anything. They're not playing well defensively. They're not scoring. They're turning the ball over a lot. Um, you know, I, I made a joke tonight on Twitter, but it's not a joke. It's kind of true. Like, there's a there's these ads right now that say they bring on featured all-stars or players in the league, and it's like, I'm here to work. Well, the Tina Charles one came on tonight, and I was like, well, it should be more like I'm here to do all the work because that's what it's like, honestly. So, I've said this a million times. It's a broken record, but it's the Liberty. It is just going, it's just going downhill very fast and it's getting worse. And I wrote about this. Say you can check out my stuff on the site. It's just a train wreck. And, but anyway, Ari, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think of the Liberty and the mystics, but specifically on, don't you feel like the mystics, it just seems to be clicking right now. Everything is like, there just seems to be this chemistry right now is just really strong on that team. Well, the only thing I'm going to say about the Liberty is, Get Kia Nurse more minutes. Get her more minutes. Moving on to the Mystics. Absolutely. Um, I I said this before the season. It was an unpopular belief. It was an unpopular position to take, but I stood by it, and I'll keep it brief. The Mystics are going to be better because Elena Deladon has complete control of this team now. We see other players picking up in different ways, but Elena Deladon is a Candace Parker echelon player. I might get crap for that. That's fine. What I mean is, When the offense gets the ball, she should be getting a touch every offensive set, no matter what. I mean, or not no matter what, because you know what I'm saying. But what we're seeing is this team is really built around her to fit her skill set and her style. And we're seeing more and more. Now, I would like, again, I'm not, I'm not going, oh, they beat the Liberty. They're a contender. I'm saying throughout the season, they have consistently shown. I would like to see them win a few bigger games, you know. They did lose to Minnesota. They did lose to uh, to Phoenix at home. So those are concerns. But as I said, beginning of the season, they're going to be a better team because Elena Deldon can stake her claim to this team. She doesn't have that insane burst of speed. And everything she does, you're kind of standing there in the crowd and going, why is no one stopping her? And you can't because she's that good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She's just, she's just so much fun to watch. Like it's, it's, it's watching her play – 
you know, when she gets the ball and, and, and defense are having to collapse on her and stuff. And that's what gets those other opportunities for other players. And, and it's, it's kind of a similar example because like, you know, outside of her, like the, 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 the mystics don't really have, I would say a consistent all-star kind of like the Liberty it's Tina Charles. And there's really no consistent all-star after it. it's not like the links or the sparks we talked about a few minutes ago, where they've got a number of all-stars on the team or Connecticut or another team that has a, a number of them. But you look at Washington, the difference is, is that her teammates step up and they, she puts her teammates in positions to succeed. There is a consistency and there is something to it. It's the complete opposite end for the Liberty. And it's just, it's frustrating to watch as a fan, as a, as a journalist, as someone who's watching, you're, you're, you're wondering like it's, I've always said the Liberty are the most frustrating team in the league. Um, and, and, and you echoed a great point. Like the Kia nurse minutes have plummeted over the last three games. I don't know why I have no insight. I'm confused because I think she would help because they're trying to play faster. And I feel like she fits that style because she can shoot threes and play defense and rebound and do a little bit of everything. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that Zowie B didn't get more minutes tonight. She's been really stepping up and she fits more of that mold. Um, And like, you know, so it's just, again, there's a lot of questions there, but it it completely contrasts from Washington where Elena Deladon makes her teammates better, puts them in positions to make shots and step up and succeed when defenses are going to, she's going to attract a lot of attention on offense. Yeah. And then just to run real quick, Sanders, great game. I mean, Sanders, good game, played positive, got some good rebounds, controlled the paint. That's what she does. Tolliver, good game. Cloud, good game. Atkins, good game. Hawkins, good game. And when you get consistency like that across the board, that's what I'm talking about. That's a team that can, that can compete. Moving on now to Indiana and Dallas, where it's funny because the vets were showing out for the fever, a team that you kind of don't think of vets when I say Candace Dupree, 21 points, Cappy Pondexter, the resurgence of Cappy, if you will, uh, with 12 points. <laughs> sad, sad to see Vivian's uh, have somewhat of a struggle of a game, of especially after the big game she had last and, and before that. She's been kind of going off of recent. Kelsey Mitchell, people might argue me about the struggle, but it's a struggle, all right? It's a struggle when you're going two for nine and one from five from three points, get five points, and that's basically been better stats than she's been used to of recent. So I'd like to see her get it together. Um, You know, Mavunga comes back uh, seven minutes, 0 for 1, just not really competing, not really getting some stuff. Somebody that I'm a big fan of that I'd like to see more from is Erica Wheeler. Uh... Not not really producing that much tonight. There, there's not a lot to talk about Indiana right now. I mean, Kelsey Mitchell only got 14 minutes. But what I want to talk about tonight is... I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going a with freaking this. board the Stevens hype train. <laughs> Get on this. What have I been saying? She was all over the place. Two three-pointers, two from five. You know, eight for nine on the, three throw, the free throw line. Six rebounds, two assists, and a block. For how many points... 26. I'm so glad Rachel, no, I'm mad Rachel's not on the show. Sorry, because I would love to have the Cam Beige versus Stevens debate right now. Uh, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying she's better, but I'm just saying, you know, if there, if this team is, is just positioned for if, if played proper, if played with energy, they can compete and they can be a championship team, not a team that after this game is just too above 500. Yeah, and you make a great point is that, you know, you bring up that point with Stevens is that it goes back to what, you know, our old friend, our old pal Eli Horowitz would say if he were here. You know, we're seeing what that potential could be. 
And that's what we've talked about is where that ceiling is for her. And you saw that tonight, her ability to step out and shoot three. She's kind of the modern big. And, you know, we always think about, you know, playing stretch fives and just how the floor is spacing now and the way the game is going based on what we see at other levels. And, and, you know, you saw that tonight and stuff, her ability to score and stretch the floor and score in the paint and hit threes. Like I just mentioned, like you see what can be and, and you just know where it's like it gets you excited like you're saying Arya, you're just wondering like wow so like career high tonight 26 um you know obviously liz cambage 17 just another night at the office you know probably actually a down night for her she only had nine no, rebounds but i want to I jump in there right yeah. there and this is what i'm talking about this team goes off tonight yeah. all right Dude, their their three point percentage was only 22 so like many people might point to that but they controlled the boards 47 to 22 yes. and most important you were just talking about this might be an off night for Cambage. This is an ideal night for Cambage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When she's dropping 17, when she's dropping nine rebounds and, and she's doing some other things, she did have six turnovers, something to keep an eye on. But when she doesn't have to do it all, when other people step up, and in all honesty, it was a night where it was mostly Stevens and Powers were the only ones who really otherwise stepped up. Glory, uh, I'm sorry, Skyler had a little bit of a slow night, but facilitation, Skyler has seven assists. She's right. feeding the ball around to her team. When Skyler can feed the ball to her team and doesn't have to be that wild score, when Cambage can put up double digits and get some good amount of rebounds, and then you have somebody else who can put up points, what else do you want from this right. team? Tell me, Pat, what do you right. want? And you make a great point is there with Skyler is that the key for her is like if she's not turning the ball over, she's incredible, and we and we know that. And she had four turnovers tonight, but that's that's good you said you she played well you know what i mean she she distributes and that's what you need she doesn't have to go out there and score 30 points to, for the you know the wings as you mentioned they do better when you get a little bit of everything i wanted to go back to a point you brought up with the fever just pivoting a bit do you think with kelsey mitchell you know obviously she comes into this league with the reputation as a volume shooter she shows those numbers here two of nine one of five she's showing that do you think it's just tendencies and habits that are we've seen before in her game or do you think she's based on her play that you've alluded to, do you think she's hitting a little bit of a rookie wall? So for me, uh, all right, uh, the best way for me to put this is what I've seen a lot of is she had some success early. She got the starts, which I think is interesting to note that right now their rookie that's playing better is the rookie who didn't start the season starting and has kind of fought her way to a starting position. Um, But something really to note about Kelsey Mitchell, in my opinion, Call me wrong, call me stupid, whatever you want. Early on, she had some success. When she kind of hit a stumble, she started taking shots that were just not smart shots, not open shots, not not shots that she should be taking, and her numbers started to dip a little bit. I I don't have the numbers right in front of me, so I'm not going to say that, like, oh, her shooting percentage dropped 15% over this game. No, what I'm saying is, is that's what I've seen with the eye test, is her taking a lot quicker shots not going through the process a little more. I think it's going to come with time, but also keep in mind, you know, when you get into the league and you're a high volume shooter, you can get into some bad habits, bad patterns that will go through your career. I think it's way too early to say that. So cool your jets before people start freaking out at me. Don't at me, but that's my take. Pat moving real quick (laughs) to the two games going on right now. Let's talk Chicago sky, Las Vegas aces right now. Absolutely. Yeah, we got we got a real close game. All right, forty three. Yeah, we're about to hit halftime. About to hit halftime. It's a one point game. We got like forty seconds left, something less than that. Um, 
talk to me. What, what, what are your thoughts about these teams? There's, there's been some issues. Gabby Williams, only seven minutes so far. Yeah. Only two points. Well, you look at this, you have two teams that are probably not going to the playoffs this year. But even though they're not going to the playoffs, they're two of the more fun, exciting young teams in the league. You've got two teams that um, they're young. Um, they're building. They're they're building towards getting to becoming a playoff team, and they're they're just they're scrappy. They're fun to watch. They have players that you want to tune in to watch. We just talked about this on Tuesday night. How I said even though Sky may not win, they're one of the most fun teams to watch because of the offense they play and the scoring and the playmakers they have. From you mentioned from Diamond to Shields to Courtney Vandersloot to Allie Quigley, who's a personal favorite of Rachel's as we know, um, and you have Gabby Williams and you have Big Mama Steph, who's been a guest on this podcast. You have a fun team there. And then you go to the Aces who have the runaway rookie of the year in Asia Wilson. You've got obviously two – you've probably got right now if the rookie of the year voting was held today, you've probably got rookie one and two here tonight in Asia Wilson in Diamond Shields, from my opinion. Um, And so I think it's fun. I mean, right now you're looking at it right now. We've got the box score up in front of me. A lot of offense so far to have a 43-42 score um, as we're getting approaching halftime here. it's you know both teams are shooting the ball well, um, and to, as we would expect and stuff. Um, you know, Asia Wilson already she's only got one rebound, which is interesting, but she's got 13 points, so she's just doing her usual work. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if she can establish herself more down low, get some rebounds here. That could be the difference. But so far, if you're looking for offense, it looks like this Aces Sky game is the game for you. Oh, both teams shooting 50 percent, both and, and upwards of 60s. In three points right now. Yeah, I mean, what else do you want? They're two young gunning teams. Uh, they're they're just they're fun to watch. Both teams. Uh, Chicago's a th- high octane. I'm going to start using that more. Chicago is a high octane. Te- it's a octane great word. Team, Good word. Uh, when when they are moving the ball properly and when they're making their shots, they're just they're fun to watch. So if you haven't, if you're wa- if you're listening to this, I'd say go on League Pass and uh, review this game. The next game I want to talk about real quickly. Uh, we're closing in game. on the half also. Another big game. Some top teams. Connecticut showed that they are not to be messed with, even with the Alyssa Thomas injury, beating LA in their last game. And Phoenix Mercury, the number one team in the league right now, trying to trying to stay up there with the target on their back. What are your thoughts? Griner's playing Griner. Tarazi's playing Tarazi. I'd like to see a little bit more from Bonner. Yeah. What We have some crazy stack going on the insider where when Tarazi, Griner, and Bonner all have double-digit points, they're like 25 in the past like 30 games. They're like 25 or 29 and yeah. one or, or whatever the number yeah. is. Come on. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. So far, we got 13 and 11 for Griner and Tarazi and seven for Bonner. So we're closing in on that. Um, right. Something right. interesting, though, Agumake, Shanae with four Points. But remember, she's but remember, she's an MVP candidate. Ra, remember, can we? She's an MVP. Candidate. You, uh, you're just trying to bait me. He's trying to bait me, folks. We'll <laughs> we'll have that podcast coming up soon. Alex Bentley just doing crazy things off the bench. It's interesting that Bentley um, didn't get the nod for the start versus Bantam. Now Bantam played really good yeah. in the start last 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 game two nights ago, I believe. Uh, but yes, something interesting for me is. What Kurt Miller saw from from Bentley last year when she started to come off the bench clearly stuck with him, and he said, "No, it's it's val it's so valuable. I'm going to keep her on the bench and give the nod to Bantam, not to knock Bantam." Um, thoughts about what that means moving forward with Connecticut? 
Well, I think we've talked a little bit about this before and stuff. Is it's just trying to figure out this rotation and stuff, and just trying to figure out, you know, what the fit is. Obviously, the 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 thing too is, you know, Courtney Williams is not playing again tonight. I'm assuming for personal reasons. I'm assuming that's the reason why she's out again. Um, so that is again, it's kind of up in the air. I think it's a lot of what we talk about is this inconsistency of just the rotation has never been set with this team, and there's a lot of movement in and out trying to figure out, okay whose role is which and, and what and where. So he's trying to just mix and match and stuff and try to figure out different lineups and different combinations. Um, and maybe he feels like, you know, Bantam has, can work well with this starting group with, you know, Jasmine Thomas and Shakita Strickland and obviously with Jones and Agumake down low. Um, you know, looking at it from Phoenix's perspective, I mean, for me coming into tonight, I figured Phoenix would win because, A, they've been off since Saturday, been well-rested since that road trip that took them to New York, Washington, uh, and to Indiana. They're well-rested. They've been off for five days. They're at home. Um, And Connecticut's, as I say, Connecticut's on an awful West Coast swing right now. They were in Seattle on Sunday. They were in L.A. on Tuesday. Now they're here in Phoenix. It's the three best teams in the league right now, arguably, they've had to play. And now we see the half closes with Phoenix up nine at the half. Um, you know, just, and, and the stat you threw out is it's when Griner, Tarazi and Bonner, here we go. Here you go, folks. Here it is. Here we go. Uh, when Griner, Tarazi and Bonner each score 12 or more points, the Mercury have only lost once this year. I believe they are 12 and one. Um, and right now Griner has 13, Tarazi is 14, Bonner has seven. So if I was a betting man, I would think that they're going to, that Bonner is going to, going to be able to score at least five points. Uh, in the second half here. So for me, Phoenix just, but the, again, for me with Phoenix and like, I think this is, this gets sugarcoated when they win because they've been playing well is they are really dependent upon these three. And you look at the stats, they lead the lead. They're, they're all in the top 10 in minutes in the league. And that's not good, especially when you get to the playoffs. Cause you're going to get worn out by teams that have a lot of depth that can mix, bring bodies in and out. And that goes back to what, you mentioned to me, Aria, about Connecticut is that they may not be have it figured all figured out yet. But the good thing about them is they have a lot of depth and they have a lot of bodies that they can turn to and try different try different things out and stuff. So I mean, but this game is big, and this game you're looking at two teams that are legitimate contenders this year. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I'm just gonna say one quick thing that we're gonna do uh, do or die who's gonna win. But yeah, you know. On the Mercury side, it was, it was going to be interesting with the two injuries. Going to see without the littles, what's going to happen. Uh, you know, Gulich ain't around either. So the question really was, is what is this team going to be? They're playing eight in this whole game. How are they going to play? What's that going to mean moving forward? I don't want to talk too many absolutes with the Mercury because we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll get an exemption and be able to get somebody else on the roster. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, real quick. Pat, well, you'll go first, then I'll go. Connecticut versus Mercury, who wins? Oh, Phoenix. I take them tonight at home. Get that win number 14. I'm with you on that. Pat, last game of the night, Chicago Sky versus Las Vegas Aces. Who you got winning? Ooh, who do I got? Who do I got? Ooh, this is tough. Um, Give me the Aces. Give me the Aces uh, at home. Asia Wilson, yeah. What do you think? See, I I hate myself for having to do this because I know Kelsey Plum is about to go off. Uh, in the second half, <laughs> oh. but I'm going Chicago Sky on this. I think Sky are going to run it, gun it, high octane, and win. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode, Pat. It's been a lot of fun. This is the WNBA Insider Show. This has been continuing the discussion or continuing the convo where we talk about the games of the night in the WNBA.